What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. As always, this show is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow online. So if you're feeling stuck or struggling with your growth online, your social media strategies, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us and book a free consultation. Cool. All right, today I'm sitting with Kyle Lacey. Kyle is the CMO at Lessonly. We get into a talk, really, it's about culture and how to promote that culture both within your own company and out to your customers and how to walk the walk as a marketer, not just talk the talk. And then we also dive into the importance of positioning marketing and and your team as a profit center within a business and that you have to have profit. So interesting conversation. If you're looking to climb the managerial ranks, climb the corporate ladder in marketing, I have some good tidbits there that come out from this interview. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this one. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, I'm joined by Kyle Lacey. He is the CMO at Lessonly. Kyle, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one, man. So before we pop into you know, specific questions, give us the rundown, man. What's your story? What's your background? And how'd you get to where you're at now at Lessonly? I mean, I could go as far back as college, but it's pretty simple. I barely graduated college, got a job at an agency, started an agency, ran that into the ground, which is something that we could probably talk about at another time. That's a whole other podcast. But I got my... I love software. I'm in software marketing. I got my start in software at a company called Exact Target, which was in 2012 was the largest email marketing platform in the world. We The year I was hired, we hired 400 people. We IPO'd, bought by Salesforce, spent a nanosecond at Salesforce, realized that the, the large big blue was not for me, and uh, started, starting, started dabbling in this world of venture capital. So I went to Boston, joined a firm called OpenView, and OpenView mainly does Series B investments in software companies. So what I what I was allowed to do is learn chops on how to scale a company because OpenView was only investing in companies that were doing it. So I'd like to say that while Exact Target was a great experience, it was I ran content for a global entity, seven countries, four different languages. I got my MBA in software at OpenView, and that led to the job at Lessonly, where I've been for be four years in February. Started as VP of marketing, and now I'm the chief marketing officer. And my I am tasked to producing about seventy percent of net new revenue for the marketing. So that includes BDRs, SDRs, and all the brand and demand teams. Very cool. I guess for the listeners who've never heard of Lessonly, give you know, the elevator yeah. pitch, what does Lessonly do? It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty simple. Lessonly is training software for sales and customer service teams. So anywhere from a scaling sales company and a software or a scaling sales team and a software company to a large customer service team in a call center. Uh, we provide the, the training software to run everything from onboarding, product training, compliance training, everything. Cool. And talk to me a little bit. I know the company's got a mission and talks a lot about doing better work. How truly central is that to the messaging and and how often do you come back to that? Because I know a lot of startups are, they fall victim to, if you dream it, you can do it on their wall and everyone goes, yeah, okay, sure. How do you really center back to that 
and are there any specific tactics or whether it's repeating it frequently or what can you do to really help that transcend down through the team? Because I know executives believe it, right? Yeah. But I'm say I'm product manager, you know, one, I just got hired and it's like, how do we instill that? How do you instill that, you know, in the new team members and consistently reiterate it to the team? Our mission statement is we help people do better work so they can live better lives. And as a marketer, that's pretty much the best mission statement you could have possibly be handed, right? I mean, it's just, there's so many visuals, there's so many stories that could come off of that. And we're training software, right? If you want to be better at what you do, you train and you practice your craft. And so it is perfect for everything that we're selling. What I will say is that we decided about a year in to my role at Lessonly to put the mission statement into our top line messaging. So Do Better Work is on our front homepage. We have the Do Better Work book that our CEO wrote. We have the Do Better Work framework that we use within our sales engineers, how we do implementation and our services offerings and how we build our product. Um, The most important point of using a mission statement and having a culture that believes in it is that it has to start from the top up, right? It has to start from, from the leadership team. And you will never be able to scale a culture unless your internal team agrees with it, right? And they believe in it, right? We saw that at Exact Target. Our orange culture was brand, was branded and everybody exuded it. Like customers loved it. At Lessonly, it comes from the top down. Our CEO, Max, like he lives all the values. He lives this idea of doing better work to live a better life. The book is a really easy primer on the culture. So that's one point that I would throw in there. Uh, while the book has been really interesting from a demand gen perspective, you know, for thought leadership, it's actually been better from a culture perspective as well. Because when you have somebody join Lessonly, you know, we've went from 30 to 170 people. You're handing them a book that says, read this. It's it's a two-hour read. It's everything that you need to know about how to be a great Lessonly employee and how to believe in the culture. So from a playbook perspective, it is get it out in a book. I am I'm a huge, I'm a huge advocate of that. Every single company I've been at, as well as in my personal company, we were writing books. The second thing is that the internal team the has to believe in the culture, and that starts during onboarding. Exact Target was really good at that. They had their orange onboarding process lessonly. We talk about it all the time. We hand them a book and then make sure that you weave the mission and the values into the marketing so that your customers are also talking about it. And when your customers start talking about the mission, you know that you've at least won when it comes to having the mission statement as part of your marketing. Yeah, it's that uh, don't only talk the talk, but walk the walk, right? Absolutely. Like you said, when the CEO and the executive teams believe it. And that's something for the listeners, I think, to take home is if you're running a, a team or running your own business, Look, we know you believe in it, right? That's why you started the company, but you have to be able to consistently communicate why you believe in Mm -hmm. it, why you're doing that to your team so they can feel like they're part of it. Every single person on the Los Angeles Lakers wants to feel like they're part of a championship. Yep. Right. Even the guy who sweeps the floors after LeBron falls down, he wants to know what he's doing and why that's part of the overall picture. So I think that uh, is something that. You know, companies can miss, executives can miss on it. And I think you hit the nail on the head. You have to be able to walk the walk and then have your internal team believe it, one, before it even gets trickles down to the consumer. It makes me think of uh, IAM's Pet Food. And I forget the name of their CEO who took it over and took it from like 7 million to 700 million in sales. But he came in and found out that a bunch of the staff didn't like animals and didn't have pets. And he was like, our mission is to make the lives of cats and dogs better. 
So and none of you have pets. (laughs) Yeah. And he was like, okay. So he went through and like he fired everyone who didn't have a pet. And like what happens? I would not recommend firing people based off of their, their, uh, (laughs) yeah. Eighties were a different time. No, No, I I will say what's interesting. I don't care if you own a plumbing company or you're at a scale up, a software company that's raised a ton of money. Everything is a feature war now, right? Like your Mm -hmm. competition can come out with that monthly subscription that allows you to clean your duck work every week. Right. You can, and they can come out with a, with a beta on a product feature. The only thing that that will where you will become a market leader is if you can keep up on the feature side, offer it maybe a little bit better, but people believe in your mission. And that and I and I will take that to my grave because I've seen it two or three times now that you've got and and a lot of the companies that we talk about on a daily basis, like the culture and the mission of the company was was extremely valuable and is extremely valuable to the employees that work there. And and then you start seeing the customers talking about it as well. Yeah. And it fits into that customer's that customer story with them positioned mm-hmm. as the hero, right? So your company's why or mission helps the customer feel better about themselves because they're affiliated with that, right? It's the Apple's why to create and design most beautiful products. But when you have that product, you're saying, look, I have beautifully designed products and it helps yeah. your your overall you know view of self. And that and that can go through the company lens as well, right? And like you said, all the features and all that stuff, like it's commodities. It's like, we, we're a marketing agency, right? And I'll say all the time, we'll get in, they'll be like, oh, what do you think about this and that? I'm like, look, any agency with a pulse can turn on an ad campaign. Yeah, and absolutely. Like, this, is not, this is not really a skill. Like it's a skill, but it's not really a differentiator. Like I, we're not here to compete on that, right? We're here to talk about, you know, your story and how to do that. And it's, it, it kind of just reiterates what you're saying there is like, Getting your mission and truly believing it, not just talking it, but truly believing it really will help push and direct everything else and will lead to amazing pieces of content like a book, right? It'll lead to better marketing, more human. It will lead to happier employees, which will lead to a better prospect and customer experience. And the only thing that makes any of us relevant in our jobs is the experience that the customer or the prospect has with your brand. And that's it. It's the only thing that makes us relevant. I am only relevant as a marketer if there's a positive experience happening in in any part of the funnel at Lessonly, right? And so that's that's part of the mission of a company should be the customer matters, right? And the customer experience matters. Yeah, and the, the customer experience matters from end to end, right? We Absolutely. see so many companies, insert whatever telecom company you want in any part of the world, they're the prime example of missing the mark. They spend all this on advertising, their sales teams are great, corporate sales teams are great, but you call the customer service, and that's my experience with the product, and the customer service line is like some outsourced thing, yeah. yep. and it's the most infuriating, anyone who's called Verizon knows it's infuriating. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, that's a whole in marketing, it's a hole in the product experience. And when we're in the software side of things or small business side of things, we can look at it and go, okay, sales, marketing, customer service, it's all about how we talk to the customer and yep. what experience they have with the business. So uh, I, I think you're right there, right? How do we how do we fit in and how do they truly experience our product or our service? And that's going to make all the difference when it comes to them championing our product yeah. and, and taking it to that next level. Yep. Absolutely. Now, talk to me a little bit um, on a tactical side. So you said that you've, you're a big believer in releasing books, right, for for companies. For somebody who's listening and they're going like, okay, 
what does that do for me? Or how do you know, what does that look like? I guess walk through how you use that for demand gen. Are you sending that out to prospects? Is that just sold and advertised at a cheap price on Amazon? Like what's kind of, how do you get that into potential clients' hands? Yeah, there's multiple reasons to do a book. I think one reason would be thought leadership, right? At Lessonly, our CEO writes a book. It has nothing to do with our software. It has everything to do about how do you build a great team. And he is brought into our prospects leadership team meetings to do presentations about his book. It has nothing to do with the software which I think is extremely valuable because then you have all the decision makers sitting in one room listening to our CEO talk about great leadership. Like that has a lot of value and it's a brand element that I don't ever care to measure. I do not measure whether this book is driving revenue. I want to be very clear about that. On the demand gen side, I also don't I don't look at a book from from the demand gen standpoint. We do use it as a support mechanism, like if somebody's in a deal and they've got 3 or 4 people within the deal, we will mail them books. We've we've sent out thousands of these better work books or do better work. Um, because our competitors don't do it. They don't have anything. Like they're going to send you a PDF on the top 10 tips for great sales enablement, which we also have. But guess what? Like we have a book, we designed it in house, it's hand illustrated, it's well written, it's beautiful, right? And that has an impact. On some of the demand gen sides, like it was mostly just thought leadership. It was the fact that if you have enough to say about a specific topic, you should write something about it. And whether you self-publish it or use Wiley or do like in between with like an idea press, it's really fairly easy to do. And on top of that, it forces you to write. It forces you to take the things in your head that you believe make you different as a company, as a person, and to put it to paper. And I think even if you don't use the book, the simple fact that you wrote all this stuff down can be utilized. So if if you were to say, Kyle, how would you use it for demand gen? I probably just for- gate it on the website, even though we don't gate right. anything so that people could order it. You can also find it on Amazon and buy it, Kindle or audio or hardback. Yeah, I, I think you said something there that's really important, right? Which is at the start, when you said, I'm not going to measure it. And that just speaks to a deeper like, hey, I believe this is good. And yeah. it really acts as air cover for a sales team. Hell, we're doing the same thing with this podcast, right? I don't actually measure this podcast as it relates to our agency revenue. It's just, I know that if right. I talk to four or five CMOs every week, I'm going to start to hear their pain points. I'm going to start to hear great tips on marketing. That's yeah. going to make me a better marketer. Oh, and marketers are going to listen to this. And yeah. if someone comes in and says like, what's the exact ROI of the pot? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I will, I will <laughs> like, say, you know, to anybody listening that, you know, is a marketing leader, we have the luxury of being able to do that lessonly because we drive revenue as a marketing team. From the very beginning, that was our first call. It was like, you can't not drive revenue and then say, I'm not going to measure any of the other stuff I'm doing, right? You have to be a revenue driving marketer first, and then you can do all this other stuff. 70% of our budget is spent on demand gen. The rest of it spent on brand that we don't really measure, right? Like it'd it'd be events or the book or whatever. I mean, but that 70% generates enough to say this is worth it. It's worth it for us to do a a board. We designed a board game in-house for a direct mail campaign. And that was just a great experience. It had nothing to do with demand gen. 100%. And I think that's nail on the head, especially, heck, at any level of marketing, or where you're at in your company or starting your own business, marketing has to be positioned as a profit center. And otherwise, 
people will start to see you as the arts and crafts department <laughs> and the sales team, it'll start friction with the sales team. It's yeah. like, you know, and I get it when they say, Hey, you quantify this for me, right? Yeah. Why did we do this? And yeah. a lot of times there is value there. We just don't know how to communicate it. And we're so worried on communicating to the customer that we haven't actually figured out how to communicate back to um, our direct reports, our, our, our the executive team on like, hey, this was the actual value of our blog content. Um, so well, I, I, you, I if you want if you want a seat at the board table or you want a seat at the exec team level, you need to do that. You need to be able to. I mean, for me, it is you've got to measure revenue and you need to inspire people. And you inspire people through things like a little golden llama that you send through direct mail or a book called Do Better Work or a board game or a customer community called Llama Nation. But you drive revenue through demand gen activities, right? And so you've got to be able to balance both or you're going to be too demand gen focused and you're not going to be creative as all, at all. You're going to be boring as hell or you're going to be way too creative and you're, you're going to lose your budget. It's you hit the nail on the head there and you'll go into organizations and see that it's, it's really like levers, right? Okay. And how much, um, how much do you put into demand gen and actually mm -hmm. going into tactics and mm -hmm. Hey, this is what our cost per acquisition was on paid social and yeah. actually working those numbers versus exactly like you said, having that creativity to say, we're going to create some short stories or something. I think that's so important in balancing those two and being able to tie things back to revenue and revenue opens up that freedom to be creative. So I think that's a, yeah. uh, a massive takeaway for everybody listening to this. Um, Kyle, this was great. And we're coming to close to the end of our time. Before I let you go, let people know where they can find out more about Lessonly. Um, yeah, and connect with you online. I am pretty active on Twitter, Kyle P. Lacey, and on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably where I'm the most active, which you can search for me. At Lessonly, you can go to L-E-S-S-O-N-L-Y.com. Awesome. I'll put all those links in the show notes page. So wherever you're listening to this, just click that link on your podcast app, head over to the show notes. Or if you can type, Lessonly is pretty easy to type. Just go directly to <laughs> Lessonly.com. <laughs> Kyle, I appreciate you coming on today, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will catch y'all next time. Um.